everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I am your deep-voiced, sexy Sergio host. Uh, I'm, I'm here with, with regular-voiced Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Man, shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I, I don't know what's up with my sinuses, man, but I guess for the foreseeable future, Sergio is going to talk like this. All right. Uh... Welcome to episode 70 of the Shellheads podcast. We made it. <laughs> yes, landmark episode 70. Because that's not a thing. Eh. We have five more episodes before we have another landmark. Okay, there we go. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, we, we're we here, as always, to talk about Ninja Turtles. Uh, we, we came off last episode that was fun. That was, was a lot of fun last time. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and this time we have a topic that's real, real simple, mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what is it? A, it's a five. Every fifth episode we do a character spotlight, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that character soon enough. Uh, Jeff, what's our first segment? What's in Sergio's box? So, what's in Sergio's box? If you aren't uh, familiar with it, uh, it's basically uh, what I got in the mail this week. Uh, typically. I am constantly ordering Ninja Turtle stuff at an alarming rate, um, which means I get usually one to two packages a week. Uh, this week, I got two. Ooh. So, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I got three. There's, yeah, there's three things sitting next to me. I'm sorry. Um, that medicine kick in yet? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm feeling good. So. <laughs> so which one do you want to talk about first? We have that one? Uh, let's do that one. Okay. This is... This was sent to me by a good buddy of the show, Reed Walker. Mm. Uh, Reed Walker was at some sort of Comic-Con somewhere doing something. I don't don't even know where he was. But apparently, uh, one of the cover artists for The Last Ronin, Mm -hmm. issue one, was there with signed copies of the book. Or not actually signed copies of the book. They were just copies of the book, and then she signed it. Uh, The artist is uh, Tessa Rose. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a real name or like a pseudonym. Well, that's a pretty good pseudonym. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Tessa Rose, she did one of the like 50s or 100 covers that they did for the, the first issue of The Last Ronin. And, and, and Reed texted me and said, hey, you want this? I was like, sure. Was Why like, not? If it's Turtles, yes, I want it. No, well, I can't say that because he would have brought back hundreds of dollars of things. And I was like, how about just that? I just want that. And so he shipped it to me once he got home, which was weird because Reed is, he lives in Clinton, which is 30 minutes from here. He could just, But he, he can't drive. He could have just waited till we went to a movie together. Yeah. Because we're probably doing that this weekend. Yeah. You know, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it came in. It's cool. I'm going to add it to my, my, my stack of last Ronin copies because I have like nice. three, two or three of them. Very so, nice. Tessa Rose. Tessa Rose. Uh, there's that. Uh, then let's move on to something a bit more, I guess, generic. Uh, what I got in the mail is TMNT Reborn Volume 2, Life After Death. Mm. So, do you know what this is? Like, just by, just at a glance. It looks like a trade. Thank, thank you, Jeff. It, it is absolutely <laughs> a trade paperback. Like, does this does the cover tell you anything about what it actually is? I mean, I'm not that far along. 
in the IDW stuff. So, it, well, okay. Here, here's my deal with this. Like, when the Ninja Turtles book got to 100, they switched artists, they switched writers, and Sophie Campbell took over. Right? Oh yeah. And they continued with 101, 102, 103. You know, that numbering convention. Mm-hmm. However, in the trade paperbacks, to start. To, to basically create a new jumping on point, they started the trades back at number one oh. under the branding Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Reborn. That's kind of funky. Makes you feel like it's a brand new thing. It's exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just ignoring the like 150 plus episode, episode, <laughs> issues that you kind of need to be vaguely familiar with to understand the story. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. The titling. I don't like the titling at all. I don't like the branding. I don't like any of that. It, it should just be the next in the books that they had already been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, of course, just the cover. The insides are just books like 106 through 110. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I got, I got that. Okay. Uh, and as I've said before, my trades are my readers, so chances are that's the one that's going to get read whenever yeah. I need to read. Um, The last thing, Jeff. The, like the big one, the big one, the, the the one that I want to talk about. Um, this Jeff is a EGM or Electronic Gaming Monthly mm-hmm. from November of 1991. That's a good year. It was a good year. I was eight. I was eight years old in 1991. Mm, I don't know. And I promise you, I was playing a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Ninja Turtles are on the cover mm-hmm. of this issue of EGM, uh, and it, I'm sure you're very familiar with that image. Yeah. Uh, it is the image from the... It was used as the cover of the first Turtles NES game, mm-hmm. but it originally came from book four, second printing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I think it's a... No, this is a, this is a, a Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman cover. I'm pretty sure. What's it, it look for? I think that's Dooney. It could be a Dooney. I don't think it's a Dooney, though. Let's double check. Cover, Michael Dooney. You're right. Congratulations. Congratulations, sir. Yep. Either way, I, I've, I've started this new thing. Like, I've run out of books to collect. Like, I only have, like, two or three actual Turtles comics that I am missing. Mm-hmm. So now I'm digging into the archives and finding magazines that the turtles were on mm-hmm. in the 90s yeah. and you know i came across this one bought it didn't think twice but when you read the cover of it what does the cover say on this egm from 1991 the ultimate 16-bit sequel to teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 yeah okay so there's a few things wrong with that in 1991 Turtles in Time was not out yet Mm-mm. in arcades, which means the NES game had been released. No, that doesn't sound right at all. Exactly. Like, how is exactly is this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3? By numbering, we got one and we got two on NES. Right. So technically, I guess they're counting that as the third game. Maybe. Yeah. 
That's sloppy. It's very sloppy. It's very sloppy. Yeah. And then in the actual article of the the magazine, it refers to Turtles in Time as the second arcade adventure. Which is accurate. Which is accurate, and it directly contradicts the their freaking cover. Mm-hmm. Like, EGM was a good magazine in its day. It's real weird to see an inconsistency like that. Do no fact-checking. Yeah, like it's it's like the the cover team didn't talk to the editorial team. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It was just very weird, and it, and calling it out as a sixteen bit game is even weirder. Yeah, because the arcade games were roughly around thirty two or so. They weren't. They definitely weren't capped yeah. at sixteen. No, not at all. And if this was nineteen ninety one, this the 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 SNES didn't come out till what ninety two, hmm. which means there was no way. Turtles in Time was even close to coming mm. to SNES. No. I think it was 90. Was it 90? I think so. All this fact-checking. Sorry. I'm sorry. It was late 1991 that it came out. So, but Turtles in Time didn't come out, come to to it the first year it was out. No, way later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's two ninety three maybe? Just a mess, man. Just a mess. Uh it came to arcades in March of ninety one and then to SNES August of ninety two. So who knows? Who knows? It, yeah. it, it it's got a cool little write up all about Turtles in Time. Uh, I plan on ordering a bunch more of these these dumb old mm-hmm. magazines because again, when you start running out of stuff to collect, Jeff, yeah, you start grasping at straws. Well, you've got to get the uh, Nintendo Power one, unless you already have it. I've got one of them. They were on multiple covers of okay. Nintendo Power. Uh, there's Game Pro. I don't have any Game Pros. Well, that's what's in Sergio's box. Okay. Now I, I have something. It's not in my box, but uh, you brought it to me. Oh yeah, what was it? What, was, uh, this what did I do? I was freaking shocked. I was like, I, 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 I opened up the arcade. Somebody pulled up. I was like, who's this guy? I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. It's like, do you want this? I was like, yeah, I'll take it. It's a. It was the Splinter and Shredder NECA movie two pack, yep. which. I'm still shocked that you found it at our local Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Right around the corner from from, from, from your warp zone. Now, more details. Was this in the bargain area, or was this in the regular... It was in the regular NECA toy section. Freaking nuts. Yeah, yeah. Those that, like the, the, the Shredder and Splinter 2-pack is one that just pops up. Like, I saw it in South Jackson one, one time. I saw it when I was in New Orleans, just kind of sitting by itself in a corner... It's it doesn't disappear as quickly as the turtles two packs do. That's insane. So congratulations. Well, thank you. You're, now that oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say you're one two pack away. Yes. So all of our listeners out there, <laughs> um, a reasonably priced. All I need is Raphael and Michelangelo two pack. That's it. And I'll have them. I have all. I'll have all three. Yep. Um, all six, all three, you know. Well, yeah, and I'm not counting the the Raphael trench coat Casey, you know, two pack or you know whatever. Um, I'm, I'm I've given up on that. <laughs> so, but please inbox us 
you know, you know our social media stuff. Find us. Please let us know. Yes. Uh, so, what's our next segment? I ask you as you take a swig of your water. And now it's time for the news. Fantastic. Uh, we have a bunch of news. We do. Like, I don't know what is up with Turtles news lately. Everyone wants to talk about our precious turtles. This is great. Um, what's up first? First up, uh, and we kind of called this uh, a good bit back. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like some some leaks or like hints here and there that we were going to get um, uh, Ninja Turtles Power Ranger figures. Mm-hmm. And um, this week has been like the Hasbro Pulse Power Rangers, you know, big you know announcement deal. I think there's something going on on the sixth. Um, yeah, cool on the sixth, and so we'll you know tune in for that. Um, but uh, before that, we got uh, hit with some news. Um, we got our first look at two packs. Um, uh, first up is Leonardo and Donatello. Okay. And they come in their full Ranger outfits, and they have interchangeable heads. Um, not a fan of uh, Leo's face sculpt. It looks creepy. <laughs> His eyes are way too far apart. Uh, r- really? Yeah. Now, keep in mind, uh, for our listeners that may or may not be familiar with the um, Hasbro um, uh, line of the the Lightning Collection of Power Rangers figures, they would come with interchangeable heads. Not always hit, more miss, because they, sometimes they just the sculpts are just bad on those the, the actors' faces. <laughs> I mean, really bad, like... Zach didn't have his his you know his his flat top or whatever. They give him dreadlocks, and it just looked well dreadful. It was really bad. Yeah, like I'm looking at it right now. It looks fine to me. I mean, Donnie looks a bit better. Um, I have beef with the other ones, uh, but we'll get to that. Let's let's go ahead and get to that because like these look fine. Yeah. Um, next up is Michelangelo. Uh, and April, April looks fine. Mikey has a nightmare look on his face, just like <laughs> the Joker. Um, I'm if I get these, I'm, I'm not changing the heads out at all. They need to just stay with the helmet because I just, I just, I don't like the faces. And I'm looking at Mikey. It's a weird. It, it's it's an interesting choice. Yeah. But it doesn't look like in, I can't say inhuman because he's not a human, but like it doesn't look that crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm just very okay with it, that, that kind of stuff. What was yeah. it, what's the third set they announced? Uh, third set is Raphael and Disguised Tommy. Tommy's dressed like a foot, foot soldier. Okay. Um, All right. Here's where I'm going to speak up and start complaining. Go ahead. Well, first, before you do that, let me say his. Raphael's face looks. That looks like the freaking Joker. <laughs> it's just gonna be the heebie-jeebies, man. Um. So them not doing two turtles, two packs, evil. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Like, and then them including the foot soldier version of Tommy instead of the Shredder. Yeah. They know what they're doing. And I have a theory for that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that Shredder has to be taller than the Turtles, so he's getting his own individual, and it won't fit in the same height 
two-pack. If you look at the characters, mm-hmm. um, Raphael and Tommy are roughly about the same height. Yeah. Give or take. So Shredder would be way taller. I don't know about um, way taller. Like, he, yeah. he, like, there's a way to package them together. Yeah, but they just don't want to use that, you know. Just saying. They know exactly what they're doing, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be probably an exclusive somewhere or something. Or probably. Whatever, it's like, order oh, from Big Bad Toy Store, only but 17 that, available. But that's fine. You not, know. not the 17 available, but like, <laughs> Big Bad is a solid site. True, true. We're not endorsed or paid by Big Bad Toy Store to say that, but I'm just saying... I currently have all time. three of these dumb two packs pre-ordered on BigBadToyStore.com. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I may move those to a local sh- shop if if I can, you know, secure that they're going to actually show up. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean like Offbeat? Yeah, like Offbeat. Yeah. Um, but I, I did some thinking because I don't want to have to buy a freaking Power Ranger. I don't like the Power Rangers. I don't want to have to buy Tommy. But the way I've made this makes sense in my brain is when I collect a line of figures for turtles, I always get the foot soldier. This is the foot soldier. Yeah. This is the foot soldier. Yeah. So now it makes sense. Now my brain isn't broken. I don't have to pitch as big of a fit. Yeah. Because of the past, in the past two years, one of the most infuriating purchases I made were the, the Batman TMNT action figures. Mm-hmm. Those figures are absolutely beautiful. They are. But... Who did those? DC. Hmm. But having to buy four Batman figures that are just going to sit in a box forever because I don't care. I'll take them. <laughs> we'll talk after afterwards. <laughs> like, it was infuriating to have to do that. Luckily, I bought them on sale. They were clearanced out, but... Yeah. I missed out on that wagon. Yeah, they, they, they look... Especially Bat Mikey. But you're missing by Bat Mikey. Mm, I am missing Bat. I had a chance to buy Bat Mikey for I a did, decent price. I did too, but um, but yeah, yeah. So, so so just to just to see the same thing happen again, kind of yeah. to a lesser extent, is a little infuriating. No, I get it. I get it. Let's move on. What's the next news? Well, uh, we we announced. Uh, if you remember, uh, we talked some CGI movie news, but we um, I totally glossed over the fact that they had announced the director okay uh, for the film is Jeff Rowe he was writer on uh, the second season of Gravity Falls and for those of you out there if you're familiar with Gravity Falls two season fantastic like mystery just crazy series Um, so I can't think of anybody better suited uh, to direct and he's kind of a fresh guy so you know we'll We'll probably get some, you know, some good stuff. And there's a lot of good action and uh, mm-hmm. set pieces in uh, Gravity Falls. So I'm very pleased with that. Um, can can can, can <laughs> somehow all of this Seth Rogen movie news that we that we talked about what three or four times now? Yeah. It never clicked with me that it was an animated movie. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe I just had hopes that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But. I am inherently disappointed by it being an, an animated movie. I'm not. I'm really not. Because it just it's not going to be taken as seriously. I don't know. We'll see. Again, we don't as... know what the format's going to be, what the rating's going to be, what they're shooting for. Um, with Seth being attached to 
the Preacher series and the boys, we're not going to get a rated R movie. There's no way. Oh, no, no, no. no. Um, Hard PG, they'd have to be shooting at least for PG-13. Like, I'm I'm assuming that they're taking the uh, Into the Spider-Verse, like, route. I really hope so. Because Into the Spider-Verse can exist alongside of the Marvel Spider-Man movies Mm -hmm. without a problem. So them, and we'll get to the next chunk of news in a moment, but it's it's just because it's animated, it's going to be the back burner of like especially if they have live action movies in the in in the tank. Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember, uh, Sergio, Into the Spider Verse did win an Academy Award. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So you know, don't just but wasn't it in the animated it? series animated department? Yeah, which is still. which is mathematically easier to win. Eh, not. Really, it, it is. usually goes all to Pixar, but this, but mathematically, uh, there aren't as many animated movies, so the chances of you winning one are higher. Mm. Still, saying. don't be. Don't, I love don't, that movie. I'm not. Don't, don't, yeah, not poo pooing the movie. Yeah. I'm just saying, the general public and Paramount are not going to take it as seriously as a live action project. Yeah, because there is more money to be made in a live action project, which is bonkers. Because back in the '80s. That's what we got. Mm-hmm. We got a crap ton of animation. Mm-hmm. I mean, a crap ton. <laughs> so, you know, and you would think now with the you know the pandemic and everything going on, more animated projects getting going. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Now we come to a shocking <laughs> piece of news. Um, just scrolling through the old. News feed, as I do in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And what do I see? That a new live-action Ninja Turtles movie mm-hmm. is gearing up. Um, now, I'm not familiar with these two gentlemen uh, that are writing it. Colin and Casey Jolt? Jost. Jost. Okay, I wrote that down wrong. Colin and Casey Jost. Colin Jost is the current um, host of... Weekend update on Saturday Night Live. Mm. Like him and him and Michael Che are the hosts of, of Weekend Update. And Weekend Update is hilarious right now. Hmm. For the record. Like Casey Jost, he he's not Casey? It's a Colin. Colin, sorry, Colin is the one who's who's hosting uh Weekend Update. He's also a like one of the head writers at SNL. So he's kind of a big deal. He actually is married to Scarlett Johansson. Huh. Not that that has anything to do with this. Right. I just thought it should be noted. His brother, Casey, is one of the chief background writers on Impractical Jokers, hmm. the true TV show. He also does a lot of the like hosting when they need them to host like a special or something. Mm-hmm. Casey Jones comes out and, and, and hosts those. Interesting. And both of them are very funny. They're New York guys. They, you know, just kind of grew up around the comedy scene of New York. And they've both weaseled their way into show business by doing that. And they're both very funny. So I I have no doubt the movie's going to be funny. But who's it being produced by, Jeff? Uh, (laughs) I don't know how I want to take this. Um... Michael Bay. Damn! Okay. 
and Andrew Foreman, Brad Fuller, Scott Mednick, uh, Galen Walker. They're all producing. Hopefully, Bay is just there in credit alone, and they've locked him in a closet with a bunch of, you know, <laughs> things to keep him busy. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I've said this in the past. I have a very mixed, mixed uh, opinion. You do, but you said it perfectly. Uh huh. Go ahead and tell oh, me. Oh yeah, I'm ex- just, just going to read exactly. Read him exactly how you put it because I was like, Chef Kiss. That's perfect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a, my exact reaction the day that it was announced. It was I loved the Jost Bros, but that feels. Uh, like a use it or lose it situation. Platinum Dunes has been mum for years about the possibility of making a new Turtles movie. Uh, and it's possible the rights could revert back to Paramount or Viacom if they don't do something with it soon, which is, that's kind of a common thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't know how to feel about any of this. I don't want another Platinum Dunes reboot, but I more so don't want a continued continuation of the Shrek Turtleverse. I just hate that the Joe's names are attached to it because I feel like it gives me an undeserved hope that this might actually be okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah. I hope it has the level of action that is associated with Michael Bay movies because that's... Except the kind that you can make out and see you know understand where the footage is yes but not understand where the footage is uh, you can actually see clear views of the action watch six under not six underground yeah watch six underground on Netflix mm. it's a Ryan Reynolds movie Ooh. produced by Michael Bay directed okay. I think by Michael Bay I do like Ryan Reynolds and it's not like an A plus movie it is Michael Bay <laughs> but it's a solid B yeah. It's fun. The action makes sense and is over the top in a way that is very Fast and Furious-like. Mm. Hopefully, the only thing he brings to the table is the action sequences. Yeah. I don't want another Shrek Turtle movie. And I don't think that's what this is going to be. I don't think anybody wants that. Like, we all know what we want. We want something that's going to be as good or better than the first original Turtles film. Because, let's be honest, that movie was perfect. Like, <laughs> I'll say it was perfect. I'll say it was a perfect adaptation from, at the time it, we were given, from comic to screen. Let's, 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 let's think about what you just said. Wait. <laughs> it's got to be as good or better than a perfect movie. Okay, scratch all of that. <laughs> Cut all of that. No, no, like, that. this is part of the, the discussion. Like, full cuts, full cuts, full cut, all, no, 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 no cuts. Um, as long as it's good. Just be good. That's literally, the, your floor is good. Your like, ceiling. I have zero expectation. Like, your ceiling is genre-defining. Yeah. You know, it could, it, like, the turtles have the potential to completely break worldwide again with a proper movie that is good. I'm expecting trash. <laughs> because that's what we've been given. And until I'm proven wrong, that's that's going to be my stance. Because if they couldn't get it right the first two flipping times, mm-hmm. what makes me believe that I'm going to want to shell out of my wallet nice. money nice. 
for a third garbage film. Well, first off, you didn't shell out money for the first I two. didn't. <laughs> That's not the point. Okay. All right. All right. We spent hard-earned money on all four original films. We saw all of them in theaters. I don't think... I don't think this movie's going to happen. Like, at all? At all. Really? Projects get greenlit all the time. Money gets thrown around. Platinum Dunes, again, has not been interested in making a Turtles movie since Out of the Shadows. Well, since they kicked him out of Transformers, he's got to do something. Out of the Shadows was technically a, a success. It made money. But not that big, fat Transformers. I mean, not It didn't make nearly as much as the first movie. Yeah. But... Because people were like, ooh. They could have made a third one that was profitable, very, yeah. very easily profitable. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Yeah. Why now? Why are we doing this now, like, six years later? Like you say, make it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah. But see, now, with Bay's name being attached to it again, people are going to be like... Ooh, that's okay, bro. I'm good. I'm gonna. It's and the thing is, is yeah. as long as it's in Platinum Dunes' hand hands, it's gonna have Michael Bay's name attached to it. That's yeah. his company. Yeah. Um. And that and that would explain why the Seth Rogen movie is animated because that's a that's a completely different like licensing. I think we're gonna have a probably a a, a winner with the CGI film. We'll see. We'll see. And if that movie if that movie comes out and is a huge hit. This one does not happen. It, it depends on how far along they are in development when the animated one comes out. Mm-hmm. But it, mark my words, it's be another thing Sergio predicts. If that CG movie is a huge hit, this Michael Bay movie isn't is done. They're done. Let's hope so. I just hope the Joes are already paid. Maybe. I don't know. He's got all that Scarlett Johansson money. Like he doesn't really need. Yeah. Soon he'll probably get more of that Scarlett Johansson money. <laughs> Jeff, we have more news, don't we? Uh, no. Do we oh, have any we, not news? We have not news. We, we have, have not some not news. news. Um, NECA posted on Twitter um, that the pirate Bebop and Rocksteady from Turtles in Time uh, two pack uh, will be hitting specialty stores, not Target, not Walmart. So, what specialty stores could they be hitting? Toy stores. Comic shops. Ain't much of the, you know, toy stores around. Uh, but, well, you have, like, your big bad toy stores, your Entertainment Earth. Um, yeah. It, you can order them through previews, so that means yeah. comic shops should should be getting them. Yeah. Like, oddly enough, it's basically anywhere you can buy the Turtles in Time figures, mm-hmm. which is comic shops. So it, it's not like this is a new thing. I think it's a great thing for... Comic shops, it, um, you know, of course, because, you know, hey, you want to get them figures, go to your local comic shop. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and, and might I say, it's about time. Yeah. They're late. They were supposed to be here in Q1 yeah. of 2021. I don't know what happened. The Turtles in Time line is like the ugly stepson of the NECA <laughs> figures. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense that they kind of took a back burner, but... Hopefully, I can get my hands on them soon. So, uh, Varner Studios, um, for anyone that's not familiar, uh, they were a family-owned uh, toy prototype business 
who have been around since 1979. Um, they have a book coming out soon. Um, but they on their Instagram, they have tons of prototype images for Turtles figures, um, uh, concept drawings, and which you can actually purchase prints of the concept drawings. And what, what drew my eye was the Metalhead concept drawing, uh, which looks fantastic. Um, we'll post you know all that link in the uh, show notes, of course. Um, but these are just really really cool to see. You know what got what came out, what didn't come out, <laughs> um, and they're not just turtle stuff. It's like you know Darkwing Duck and trolls and Looney Tunes and Batman and all kinds of other. Uh, Muppets, all kinds of other stuff. So, 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 let me make sure I understand the the like where this fits into Turtles lore. Varner Studios was working with Playmates in the eighties mm-hmm. to like concept up a lot of these uh, figures mm-hmm. that we bought from Playmates. That sounds about right. Okay, that's how I understand it, um, and it's really cool that they're able to. To this day, you know, profit from it uh, that they probably that they still own those images, even though you know, Playmates went on to make gazillions of of, of dollars and copies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this uh, this metalhead concept art looks cool. It's really nice. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll include a link to it because th- their Instagram is very very populated with a lot of turtle stuff mm-hmm. uh, including a hard copy prototype of today's main topic mm-hmm. the fugitoid Jeff yeah our favorite but before we talk about the fugitoid let's take a quick break great job team head back to base for debriefing and Hey everybody, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. Our team is excited to share with you our newest podcast limited series, Debriefing and Cocktails, our official 007 podcast. From tropes to theme songs, we break down every single James Bond film, culminating with the long-awaited new movie, No Time to Die. Subscribe to Debriefing and Cocktails today via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. Visit realitybreached.com for more details. And we're back. Okay, Jeff. It's character spotlight time. You know how this goes. Yep. Uh, who's our topic this week? Ace Duck. No. <laughs> you had that right in the chamber, didn't you? I'm going to keep like, trying every time. Eventually, we're going to run out of characters, and Ace Duck will be the most relevant. It's going to take a really long time. I plan on recording this podcast until we are in our graves. So. Yeah. Uh, the Fugitoid. The Fugitoid holds a very special place in my heart. Um... He's uh, he's the little android or little would it be an android? Mm, yeah. Cuz I always forget what an android is versus a robot versus like a cyborg. Like a cyborg actually has human flesh, correct? Yeah. An android is a humanoid robot. Yes, that's 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 the difference. Um But he holds a place in my heart because 
when I was getting into the turtles, like really like digging my teeth into the turtles in the early 2000s, I stumbled across the, the Fugitoid book mm-hmm. because I got it, you know, with a bunch of other turtles books. And I was like, what is this? Is this even Ninja Turtles? Huh? It says it says Mirage Studios on it, but what, what's going on? You know, because mm-hmm. that's how young, stupid Sergio talked. Okay, like a surfer. Yeah, y'all, yeah. y'all, yeah, bro. Did you did you look up what an android was? Yeah. Am I correct? You are correct. Okay, fantastic. And you know, I read it. I enjoyed the book. I thought it was cool. And you know, as as I educated myself on turtles' history, and I read through those uh, through the. The, the 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 story of books five six and seven in the original Mirage canon, it became very obvious. Like oh, like this Fugitoid guy is important. Like his story weaves directly into what happens with the turtles. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. It's almost like this turtles one sh- or this Fugitoid one shot is a Fugitoid one shot. Like the turtles got one shots. But uh, what do you know about the history of the Fugitoid? As far as, like, my introduction, Uh I got the action figure, not knowing anything. You know, I did, too. I I had that thing. Was he ever in the original cartoon? I don't think he was. I don't remember him being. I don't believe that he is. I know they used his image in the video games. uh, In Turtles 3 for NES. Mm -hmm. He was in the Technodrome shooting at you. I was like... But the future toy, he's peaceful. He's a good guy. What are you doing? Um, but they, they they made him like gold and like black and red. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of cool. I was like, I was like, hey, that looks that's a cool looking thing. I'll take that. <laughs> it was probably one of those situations where like you make the action make the action figure make make the action figure maybe we'll put him in a cartoon yeah but we greenlit this cuz we know this character's a thing yeah and like a like a cursory quick google it doesn't look like no he was never in the original television show hmm. uh he was in the 2000 uh 2K3 mm-hmm. he was also in the 2012. 2012 Nickelodeon show. Um, he is in the IDW book. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's kind of been a staple of most of Turtles lore, except for the most popular versions. Yeah, like he wasn't in the movies. He wasn't in the original cartoon. Uh, but I I don't know if what you if you know this, but the Fugitoid's creation actually predates the Ninja Turtles by about eight months. Really? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird wrote the Fugitoid story in the early part of 1983. Hmm. They didn't create the Turtles until late 1983, like like in November, December, around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wrote the Fugitoid as this five-part story that they were pitching to local... Uh, like comic publishers or magazine publishers to, to to be like, hey, here's a five page story that you can put as like a backup story for five months or five issues. You know, like like they sent it off to to several different publishing houses, and all of them sent it back saying, no, thank you, but no, yeah. And so 
you know, they basically were defeated by, you know, publishers. And th- there's there's actually a long, like, almost an essay in the front of the Fugitoid book that tells that story. And it says that they actually hung up the re- rejection letters on the walls of their of their art studio oh, as wow. motivation to succeed going forward. That's there, there's nothing. There's no greater motivator than someone saying no. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, nah, I'm not gonna take that. It's not good enough, huh? I keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they they had planned other ways to release it. It, it, like ways that it was like a four-page book that was printed on one sheet of paper, and you could unfold it to reveal the other pages. Like they were, they really wanted this Fugitoid story to become a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they created the Turtles later that year, and of course the Turtles immediately took off. Uh, but they still had the Fugitoid in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, a few issues into the Turtles' run, they said, "Here's an idea." Let's revisit this Fugitoid guy. And they published it as just a single issue. Mm-hmm. It was a single issue that wasn't like Ninja Turtles Presents or Starring the Ninja Turtles or The Turtles Buddy Fugitoid. No, it was a straight up just here is another comic series with no promise of there ever being a number two. Yeah. And. It came out in 1985. Uh, it was before. It was published before the Turtles books were brought down to standard comic size. Mm-hmm. So it's a magazine size book. It's still a beefy baby. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a big old thing. And uh, one thing I learned this evening, as I was preparing for this episode. Ooh, yeah, new stuff. New stuff. This Fugitoid cover that I'm holding in front of you is the only Mirage published book that is oversized and multicolored on the cover. Uh, If you remember, all of the old Turtles oversized books were like black and one color. Yeah. This is the only one that was oversized and multicolored. That's a fascinating nugget. Isn't it? You dug up there, Sergio. Isn't it? Yeah. Because they went full color, and then the very next issue, I believe, was issue five. From there, they went down to regular size. Yeah. Um, what are what, like? What are your thoughts on the Fugitoid as a character? So, apart from just the action figure, you know, my my introduction being the two K three series, um. You know, I'm obsessed with robots. Love robots, androids, cyborgs, all that stuff. Super mm-hmm. robots, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Always love robots. Um, ever since watching, you know, the original Star Wars. Love droids, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, I absolutely adore the Fugitoid. Um, he's very much, you know, it seems to be inspired by C-3PO. Okay, I, yeah, I can see that. Um, elements of that with, you know, mixed with other science fiction type, you know, tropes and stuff like that. But his origins are rather unique. His origin is extremely unique. I don't, I don't know if I've seen, like, another character that was in the situation that the Fugitoid was in. Yeah, not to my knowledge. Like, a, a, like Professor Honeycutt getting l- l- struck by lightning 
and his at the exact same time that he's standing next to his robot Sal. Yeah. And his consciousness transfers into the robot. Like yeah. we've seen body swapping comedies or brains <laughs> put into robot right bodies. But this this was your regular body is a charred corpse now. Yeah, and your entire being is now in the body of this indestructible robot. Yeah. Congratulations, you've leveled up. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't eat delicious food anymore. Darn. Yeah. Just nacho night, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it is a truly unique story. Mm-hmm. It, and it's a tragic story, but it's also like a hopeful story. The Fugitoid is a super genius who has now been given the ability to compute as a super genius because he's a robot now. Mm-hmm. It's not really that's hasn't really been explored that much yeah. in in you know, like in the comics or anything. But him having to adjust to his new body, him having to be constantly on the run because there's two different warring alien factions that want to capture him and extract data from his robot brain and it, it, it the, the the real secret to the fugitoid story is what exactly is how it plays with what makes you human yeah because as a human dr honeycut could not be tortured to get that information. It would be seen as a war crime. Mm-hmm. It would be seen as ethically wrong. But as soon as his brain is transferred into the body of a robot... Robots ain't got no rights. Robots have no rights. and Which is wrong. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it, it creates a, an, a fascinating moral conundrum. Can you torture a robot to get what you need out of its brain? Mm-hmm. You know, and... Again, th- these are all concepts that are hinted at, but never... Th- they don't really beat you over the head with it. Yeah. Which I kind of appreciate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I-, I like that most iterations of the Fugitoid have been pretty... pretty um, Faithful? Faith- that's the word. That's the word I'm going for. Yeah, faithful to the original story. Because, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but... The 2K3 story is basically the exact same story, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like, pound for pound, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Peter Laird being so involved in that that series, it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I, I know Peter Laird likes the Fugitoid a lot. Yeah. And he should. Yeah. Arguably, he's a better character than the Turtles. Uh, Arguably. Uh, I'm not going to die on that hill. Yeah. Now... When the show was 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 running the two K three, eventually later on they started making. I was like, oh, here's some Fugitoid toys you can buy from NinjaTurtles.com. Like, I'll take two, please. Yeah. I don't know. I have to go and check. I don't think that they were signed. Um, so, but you know, you're ta- you're referring to the the vacuumized metal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a glossy metal looking yeah, yeah, plastic. Yeah. yeah. So fun fun story with that. Yeah. Those were commissioned specifically from Peter Laird. He was like, I've always wanted to do this. Now that I can and playmates will let me, we're doing it. Yeah. You gotta order it directly from us, but we're making a whole bunch of them. And you had to buy them from Mirage's website. Well, they ordered way more than they needed. Way more. Those things existed on the Mirage website for years, like a decade or something. Uh, at one point, Peter Laird 
I don't know if it was his daughter or if it was him, took fugitoids out of their boxes, turned them into Christmas ornaments. Oh, wow. And decorated a Christmas tree with just vacuumized metal fugitoids. I believe it. All of the ones that they they did that with, Peter Laird put them back in their box and signed them and sold them. That's pretty freaking cool. It's cool, yes. Flash forward to 2020, last year. At some point, (laughs) Kevin Eastman bought what was left from Mirage because a whole stock of brand new vacuumized fugitoids showed up on the Kevin Eastman fan club website now signed by Kevin Eastman so there is a there is a world that exists where you can own two of the same fugitoid special edition action figures signed by two different creators of the Ninja Turtles that's pretty freaking dope yeah is it still available are they still available I think they might be because everything is overpriced on Kevin Eastman's website yeah that's just Kevin Eastman's bad with money I don't know if you've heard oh uh, hopefully you're not listening I just, <laughs> <laughs> I love Kevin Eastman I do I love him so much he has a history of making questionable decisions but but what is not a questionable decision is having that fugitoid action figure in stock double signed du- <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think any of them are double signed well like Peter signed and then he signed them no 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 the ones that Peter signed were sold oh. all the ones that weren't signed is what Kevin got oh okay well. so you could have two different ones from two different places that were manufactured at the exact same time yeah sold from two different it's so stupid it's so stu- the history of that stupid figure is amazing when you get in your zoom Look, I already have one. It's not signed. I don't... I, I have the signatures that I need. I'm fine. But it's real cool. And you're right. That is a cool figure. Yeah. Uh, who vo- So, I know you know the answer to this because you're you. Who voiced the, the Fugitoid the times that he was voiced? Uh, so, in the 2K3 series, it was uh, an actor named Oliver... Wyme? Wyman? I'm not familiar with his works. Uh, now, the other gentleman, I am. Uh, the 2012 uh, Fugitoid is voiced by Doctor Who himself. Or some, I'm sorry. Let me scratch that. The 2012 uh, Fugitoid is voiced by the Doctor himself, David Tennant. That is correct. Of Doctor Who. I, I knew that it was someone significant and important. I just couldn't remember who it was. But I knew you would know. Yeah. Because you're you. Yes. Yeah, that was real cool. I like David Tennant. Yeah, he's he's pretty fantastic. Yeah, and and that was like deep into the Turtles' run. Like, I don't think they went to season, space season three until three or four. Yeah, yeah, because season five was the weird one. Season four might have been four. It's either three or four. Four is Tails, right? No, that's five. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's either three or four, which is crazy because. Usually, when it's when a show makes it to season three or four, they don't pull out fancy stuff like this. They yeah. it's kind of autopilot. So yeah, David Tennant. I mean, if you're gonna get anyone whose voice is is perfect, yep. I mean, we talk perfect casting. <laughs> you can't get any better than that. You really can't. 
can. Um, now I haven't. I, I I had seen him in clips and heard. You know, you know, I'm not there yet, but we're. I'm really excited for when we. Well, hey, again, to- this this pod, podcast is going to be going until the year 2072. So yeah, yeah. So we'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Uh, like the, the the fugitoid is it's it's so woven into such important stories mm-hmm. in the turtles lore like you can't tell the history of the ninja turtles without talking about traveling to other dimensions yeah you know without talking about utrams and uh, where krang came from and w- why he's a brain and or triceratons triceratons like all of these things are tangentially connected to the fugitoid and somehow this character has never gotten the respect he deserves. Which is really weird. Yeah. Even us. Me and you. It took us 70 episodes to get to him. Yeah. We, we did character spotlights on the Rat King, Leatherhead, and Bebop and Rocksteady before we did the Fugitoid. Yeah, but we didn't do a disservice, though. I don't know. It, like, it's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, like, I kind of regret not doing it sooner, but, eh, you know. We, we're doing it now. We, th- that's right. So, I, I guess, you know, we just talked about how he doesn't get respect. And before we talk about the last real version of him that I want to get into, let's talk about missed opportunities. Okay. There, there's a lot of things that the Turtles have been in. Movies, TV shows, comic books. Video games. Video games. Where was the Fugitoid not that it would have it would have benefited him being there? I definitely would say movies. Because mm-hmm. he showed up in some of the video games. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't show up as like a prominent figure in the video games. No. Um I think had the two thousand seven animated film gotten you know, more love mm-hmm. than it did. Um, and they had gone on to doing different, you know, stories in here and there. If we had gotten the Fugitoid in, you know, one of those films, and then it would have been carried on, like, oh, let's do you know, a, a three a threequel, you know, <laughs> or uh, let's do three more films. Uh, you mean and a trilogy? It, a, uh, yeah, let's do a trilogy, sorry. <laughs> you know, they would have done however many films they did, like, okay, let's do three more, and then let's do this storyline. Mm-hmm. And that could have really played out very well, because I don't want to see turtles in space. Yeah, I'm tired. Of, I love New York. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. I want to see something different. Give yep. me something different. Yeah, and it's it's funny that but you good. see that. Like turtles in space is not a foreign concept. It's not. But it seems so taboo when you start trying to say, let's make a movie with turtles in space. What? What yeah. is it? What? Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. Imagine the secret of the ooze, where instead of it being TGRI, it was actually TCRI, mm-hmm. and the fugitoid shows up at some point. Yeah. Like, that could actually be a good movie. Yeah. Because now, <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> Well, you you know, before any of that, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be revealed that Professor Jordan Perry was actually going to be an Utron, but they didn't want to get it confused with Krang. That's mm-hmm. well documented. But that would have been 
way crazy to do, to have done. But I will, you know, they could have done it. They could have. It would have been awesome. Yeah. If anybody could do it, it would, it would be Henson. Yeah. Because um, because because the first movie stands as like this, you know, re- revenge tale slash like family story, family ninja story. You know, that second movie could have been a sci-fi epic. Yeah. But it turned into like a slapstick vanilla ice comedy hour. And then the third one, time travel story. Like, the third one would have made more sense mm-hmm. if that second one was more bonkers. Again, I'm gonna I'm going on record. <laughs> Not a bad freaking movie, people. Get over there. No, no, no. Get over it. It's not a bad movie. That's true. It's not. It's not. Uh, so yeah, Fugitoid in the movies is, is very much a missed opportunity. And I feel like Fugitoid in video games is also a missed opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, he's there, but he's not like there. Yeah. You know? Um Fugitoid is a playable character. Yeah. You know? That'd be a lot of fun. Um I, I wish he'd have gotten his own ongoing series. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in in the preface of, of this book, at the very end it it mentions maybe we'll see a Fugitoid number two. It's been thirty something years. Yeah. No Fugitoid number two. No. The, the only other Fugitoid specific book that was published by Mirage uh, was a Fugitoid's uh, crossover with Gizmo. Yeah. Which is Michael Dooney's um, character. Right. And they're both robots. So, it, you know, it makes sense. No relation to Gizmo from Gremlins. That is correct. Uh, so, like, an ongoing series of Fugitoid adventures. Would have been great. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Fugitoid, you know, space adventures. Um, I could totally have gotten behind that. Yeah, yeah. I still can. And the thing is, is IDW has a Fugitoid in it. Pretty interesting spin on the Fugitoid. Let's t- okay, then then that this that's a perfect segue. Let's talk about the IDW Fugitoid. Yeah. What about that Fugitoid is, is the spin? He was our boy Chet the whole freaking time. He was Chet. Yep. I was like, what? Yep. And me, you knew, but me going into to it fresh, I was like, what? Yep. What? <laughs> that was exciting. Like, I like not seeing what's going to, you know, or predict what's going to happen. Or like watching too many movie trailers. I'm like, don't give me the whole freaking movie. Let me enjoy and be surprised. And I was totally surprised. Yep. The, the reveal that the Fugitoid was Chet all along. Yeah, it's, I would say it's a, it's, it's a top five moment in, in that series. You know, th- like that along with Hun being Casey's dad. You know, it's like mind blown. My mind was definitely blown. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, the Fugitoid is not only Chet, but he was also like the... He was, he was a, um, a neutrino. Yeah, you know we, we, the neutrinos play a part in the IDW series that they've never played before, and it's a big one. Yeah. You know, they're an entire race of species that weave in and out of the series two or three times over the first hundred issues. So, the Fugitoid being one of those and purposely implanting his brain into the robot is a twist to the exact same story that we've always known. Yeah, it's. A 
fantastic again it's it's a fantastic way to interpret a character that we all know and as always we get to the end of these character spotlights and we talk about how great the idw version is yeah that's kind of that's kind of a, a theme here yeah um what what else you got about the the, the fugitoid I mean that. I think that pretty much covers all of it. Um, I just again, you know, going forward, I want him in more media. I want to see him in the movies. I want him to to play a crucial role in those films because I'm tired of seeing the same old thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, let's let's do something different. Let's shake it up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it, let's shake it up, but you wouldn't be shaking it up that much because there's thirty years worth of stories to say to point to and say in the films. Hey, hey, the fugitive, he's cool. Yeah, and now that we have CGI, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you but know, I mean, I, in, film wise, let's come on. I'm sure in 1991, asking Jim Henson to make a giant robot guy, he could have done it. Could have. But it was it's not nearly as easy as getting an animator to do it today. Right. Yeah. Like I would like to equally see practical effects mixed with CGI, which, you know, is entirely possible. And when you do it that way, it gives the actor something else to react to. Um, which I think is is, you know, sorely needed depending upon, you know, whatever you're working on. Instead of just like Hey, I'm talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Well, it depends on how good the actor is. Oh, yeah, this is also true. <laughs> but you know, it's like I like to see you know you're you're um, fully immersed in that world, mm-hmm. and you can see I'm like, oh, okay, this okay, whoa, this guy's freaky looking, you know, or it can talk back to you, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be pretty freaking dope. They have uh, what's his name? Who did all the Planet of the Apes dudes? Uh, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Have Andy Circus be the Fugitoid? He could do it. He could, do it. He could, he could voice the Fugitoid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then I'm going to check, check. Yeah. Andy Circus as the Fugitoid. Yeah. In this fictitious Turtles movie that I'm casting. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, that's pretty much it. Well, that's all we have uh, for the Fugitoid. Um, do you know what we're talking about next time? That's a good question. More comics? Kinda. 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 Um, every year, Shellheads has our annual Fan Fiction Fest. Oh, that's right. Yes, it is Fan Fiction Fest 3. Uh, I've picked out several different works to uh, talk about. We ran out of films to cover. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer, but this time it's going to be all comics. Some of them are going to be newer than others. Some of them are going to be longer than others. Some are going to be better than others. But <laughs> it's going to be all comics. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll do my best to, to tag all of the creators. Nice. That should be fun. This might be our last fan fiction fest, though. Because there's not that... There's We're running out of stuff, Slim man. Slim pickings? Running out of stuff. Mm. Um, so you guys out there get to create and get to doing stuff. Yeah, make do, some stuff. Make stuff. Make, make stuff, dude. Uh, <laughs> before we do that, Jeff, 
Where can we find you? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, we do Smash Brothers tournaments weekly, every Saturday night at 6.30 p.m., um, run by Mississippi Smash Group. Uh, do birthday parties, uh, all kinds of other stuff. Um, retro games, modern games, big Neo Geo fans. Uh, so if you love Neo Geo, and who shouldn't, uh, come check us out. And where can we find you, Sergio? Realitybreached.com uh, or the Reality Breached social feeds, which are, of course, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, on Reality Breached, you can find all of the podcasts that we do, which include the Reality Breach podcast. Uh, we also, that's where you'll find Shellheads. <laughs> Ta da! Uh, and also, Debriefing and Cocktails, our James Bond podcast. We're four episodes away from No Time to Die. Ooh. And No Time to Die comes out in October. Wow. So we have, we gotta get moving. We gotta get moving. Yeah. Uh, this week we're talking about For Your Eyes Only. That's a good one. Is it? We're about halfway through the movie, and I'm not convinced that's true. Yeah. But you know what? To, for our final opinion, visit realitybreach.com, and there you can learn about subscribing to Debriefing and Cocktails, or you can find us on any podcast platform. Same thing with Shellhead, same thing with Reality Breached, and all of our other podcasts, including the Dead Scene Kids podcast, Black Pocket, everything. We're out there. We're easy to find. That that does it. This, yeah. one, this one was a, a short and sweet one. Mm-hmm. Just like... The Fugitoid. Yeah. Adorable little robot man. Yeah. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.